conference this coming uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it's called Who Do You Say I Am? And it's about the four different gospel writers and how each of them provides a, a unique uh, but, and distinct uh, perspective on Jesus and that we need all of their witness uh, to help paint a more full picture of this man who is both God and human uh, at the same time. And so I invite you to be a part of our weekend uh, series uh, for the rest of Lent and uh, come explore more about who Jesus was uh, with us. Uh, but what we were excited to do as a complement to our weekend services is during our midweek Lenten service uh, that we actually reached out to several people from our congregation. And we asked them in much the same way that uh, people asked Matthew and Mark and Luke and John all those years ago. We asked them, who is Jesus to you? What is uh, a most important part of his story? Uh, what's a significant interaction he had? What's a, a thing that he taught uh, that has really deeply impacted your own life? Uh, and uh, since you get to hear from us pastors uh, all the rest of the year, we, we thought it'd be really great for you to get to hear uh, from just fellow uh, participants in this particular flock uh, what, what specifically about Jesus was uh, important and meaningful to them. So as we start our midweek Lenten service, I'd like to invite up now uh, Kelly Reinhardt. So Kelly, come on up. Uh, Kelly's been a member here for several years, uh, but she also just recently joined uh, our staff. And, uh, and so Kelly's going to share a distinct uh, story of Jesus or a thing that was meaningful uh, to her. And she's also going to do our reading uh, as a part of that as well. So uh, I'll t without uh, any further ado, I'll turn it over to Kelly. Thank you. Good evening. So I um, wanted to share a favorite gospel story with you tonight, and it's really difficult to choose. There are so many that are so wonderful, but I chose one that is particularly significant to me in my life, and as I reflect, it has always been significant to me. So this gospel story takes place um, when Jesus is preparing his disciples for what's to come, his death and his resurrection. And it is called Jesus Promises the Holy Spirit. It's from John 14, and I'm going to share with you verses 15 through 17 and 25 through 27. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So this particular gospel story has so much significance for me because during so many times in my life, I have felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. I felt him right by me, guiding me, protecting me, keeping me safe. And even in the times when I didn't feel his presence near me because of God's promise to us, I knew that he was with me. So my testimony is about just that, his presence in my life. And I, we have to go way back to when my mom and dad met each other. So my mom was raised Catholic, my dad was not, he was an atheist. And I don't know if you know much about the Catholic Church, but back then, 
many decades ago. You, if you were Catholic, you were married in the Catholic Church. There was no other way around it. And so in order for my mom and dad to be married in the Catholic Church, my dad had to agree that my mom would raise us in the Catholic faith. And he did just that. And so they were married. So fast forward to my birth many years later. Um, it was important to my mom in her faith that I be baptized and that I received my first Holy Communion. And about after that, not so much of what was happening in the Catholic Church was particularly important to her. And I'll get to that story in a little bit. But what wasn't particularly important to my mom was going to church, sharing faith, saying grace, being in community with others that believed. And it certainly wasn't important to my dad either, since he was an atheist. And yet, for whatever reason, it's the Holy Spirit, it was important to me. And at a very young age, I was convicted in my faith. I felt the Holy Spirit and the presence of God and Jesus, and I, my faith meant something to me. I didn't know it at the time, but when I look back now on this time in my life, I know that the Holy Spirit was with me just as God has prom had promised and was protecting me and guiding me, even in the house that was a little chaotic and not quite on the same path. So I have an example of this. It's one of my um, strongest memories when I was younger. And it was at a time when I was about nine years old and I had received my first Holy Communion and once that's done in the Catholic Church, you're able to go to confession. So I go to confession at nine, and the priest tells me that I'm not going to go to heaven. And I was taken aback for certain. I was nine years old. And I can't remember quite what the reason was. I was talking about, to Doug about this earlier. I think it might have been I hadn't been to confession a while. Maybe it was because I hadn't um, done my act of contrition after going to confession previously. Whatever it was, I left and told my best friend, Roseanne, what he had told me, and I knew it wasn't true. I went home and told my mom what the priest had told me, that I wasn't going to heaven. And I told her I knew it wasn't true. I think now, if that had happened, one of you as a parent or a grandparent would probably make the decision to go and talk to the priest or, or not go to that church any longer. Maybe even, maybe even change from Catholicism to something else. My mom didn't do that. It was nearly 50 years ago, and that just didn't happen. She didn't even get upset. But I knew better. At nine years old, I knew better. I was mad that he said it, but I didn't believe what he said. And when I look back on that, there is no way at nine I could have clarity and conviction in that he was wrong and have a belief in Jesus Christ if it weren't for the Holy Spirit. So there are two people in my life that really helped to shape my faith. And um, one of them is my grandfather. My grandfather was also Catholic. 
spent a lot of time with him. He said grace and he prayed with me and he taught me about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He taught me about the Holy Trinity. He opened up his Bible. He wrote in his Bible. He underlined things in his Bible. I don't think Catholics did that. <laughs> so he was really pretty amazing. He took me to church. It was a Latin mass, a Catholic Latin mass. And I remember he would always say to me, Dominus Fabiscum, and I would say back to him, et cum spiritutum. You know. For those of you who don't know, it's the Lord be with you and also with you, or and with your spirit. The other person or people in my life that were so important to me, um, my best friend Roseanne, other than my husband David, who is now my best friend, but when I was four, and up until now, very important part of my life. My friend Roseanne's mother, Marianne, she picked up a little where my mom left off after, after that first Holy Communion. She took me to church every Sunday along with Roseanne. She took me to youth group. She made sure I went to the retreats. She was a really beautiful presence in my life. And to this day, I believe that both my grandfather and Mary Ann were brought to my life through the Holy Spirit to help guide my faith. Fast forward, living in California, have two daughters, Jessica and Samantha. Samantha's right over there. She surprised me tonight by coming here. And I'm looking for a new preschool for them. And they were in an in-home in daycare. And I had a list of places to go. And the first place I went to was Trinity Lutheran Preschool. And I walked in and I had such an aha moment in that space. It was so loving and so beautiful and so joyful. Soon after, I canceled all the other visits that day and we joined that preschool. And soon after that time, I joined the church, Trinity Lutheran Church in Fairfield, California. And that was such an amazing experience. It was where I understood faith. I understood what I was looking for that I had been missing and didn't even know it. All I knew was the Catholic Church. I found community and just an absolute love for people. I always knew that I didn't align with the Catholic teachings, but like I said, I didn't really understand anything until I understood the Lutheran doctrine. And I'm so happy to be here and so happy that the Holy Spirit has led me to this point in my life. Now fast forward to Pathfinder. It was 2018 when my husband and I, along with my mother-in-law, Marty, who's back there, joined this church. And if you can believe it, it wasn't until 2022 when I actually volunteered here. So the story about that is, I had been being nudged for quite some time, and I was ignoring those nudges. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. He was saying, Kelly, you should get involved here. You should help. I talked to my husband, and it took just a little while longer for the Holy Spirit to get David on board, but we both ended up getting on board and serving with the youth group um, since 2022. And this church and our working with the youth group has been just such a blessing. That has led me to being on staff here now at Pathfinder. 
and I was at a recent board meeting, and it was Bob, our senior elder, who was talking to me, and he said to me, Kelly, and with the most beautiful sincerity, said, Kelly, I just think your entire life has led you here to us. And I didn't tell him at the time because I was so touched I couldn't really speak, but I believe Bob's right. I believe that the Holy Spirit has guided my every, every moment throughout this entire process, throughout my entire life. And there's so many stories I could tell you about the Holy Spirit, but I, what I really want to share is that I am so grateful, I am so thankful that I've been able to feel his presence. It's been an amazing, amazing gift for me in my life. But even when I don't feel his presence, or maybe when you don't feel the presence, we have his promise. We know that he is with us because God gave us that promise. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much for being the, the person who went first <laughs> uh, at our Lenten services. And, uh, and I, I get the opportunity now to just re reflect and share uh, with you and with all of you. Uh, and, um, and I'm lucky enough that I've gotten to hear this story before. Mm -hmm. You've shared this uh, with us when we were interviewing you. And, uh, and, uh, and the same thing has stuck out at me every time, which is uh, just how absolutely devastating that nine-year-old moment should have been. <laughs> You know, at, at that age, you know, there, there are people that you just trust uh, implicitly when you're nine. Your, your, your parents, your doctor, your teacher, your priest. And, and so to have one of those formative figures tell you something uh, so harsh um, should have been, I mean, almost as wrecking as, as me telling one of my children, I don't really love you, right? I mean, like right. That, that should have been uh, devastating. And, uh, and I have the same conviction that you do, that the only reason that that was just almost a laughable moment for you, or at least a moment of serenity and peace, uh, is because of that promise that Jesus made to his disciples. That, yes. that you have a pretty, you know, and uh, there's a lot of different um, words to translate the word that he uses there. The Greek is paraclete. Uh, it's counselor, helper, but protector mm -hmm. is, is one of the translations for that as well. And, uh, and it, it really just hits me so hard every time that you, were, you and, and specifically your heart was protected. In a moment when it should have been deeply, broken. deeply broken, yeah. uh, absolutely. So, um, so I, I love that that piece of your story. Uh, and then this, the second thing I wanted to reflect on with all of you is uh, you picked kind of a counterintuitive moment from Jesus's life. Uh, as I was personally envisioning the kinds of things that people would share, I was thinking that people would talk about. Um, like when you know Jesus, you know, fed the five thousand, or when he healed the woman who was bleeding, or when he when he spoke to the woman at the well, or the tax collectors. Uh, I was picturing kind of these traditional moments from his his active ministry, uh, and you picked this very intimate moment at the very end uh, when he's about to leave. Yep. And uh, and I'm I'm so grateful for that because you you hit on something that I think is so important for us and, and it's come up even uh, recently in my own meditation and, and prayer time, which is that often even we as followers of Jesus we we only think about Jesus as um, his own entity separate from the Trinity, that there's Jesus and there's God the Father and there's the Holy Spirit, but really at the end of the day when we talk about Jesus we're thinking about Jesus. 
Uh, but that's not how Jesus ever talks about himself. He talks about himself. He says, I and the Father are one. He says, I'm sending my, my paraclete, my, my helper, uh, to help you. And, and so when we, when we think about Jesus and how he is active in our lives, it's not just the three years he was doing miracles and preaching and teaching in Galilee. Uh, there is a continuation right. that, that when he left as a physical human, uh, he, he replaced himself or he gave a different part of himself to us. Uh, and that's that the Holy Spirit is, is inextricably linked. It's his spirit. Uh, it, it's his um, um, soul, nefesh. It, it's, it's his essence that he's now given to every single one of us. And, uh, and it's a little more vague. It's not as tangible. It's not as concrete as a human being that you can touch. Uh, and, and yet it's every bit as real. And, and that's when you share your parts of the story of Holy Spirit protecting you, confidence and certainty, guidance through different people in your life, uh, and, and ultimately, like Bob Ingle shared, leading you here. Yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit is, doesn't necessarily speak with words uh, or with physical presence, yeah. uh, but it, it, it's active in our hearts. It's active through the lives of the people that God has put around us, uh, and, and his Holy Spirit is just so clearly shown up over and over again in your life and, and bringing you here. Uh, and, uh, and as a final point for all of us, we were talking before the service uh, and you kind of asked, and you asked, you knew the answer, but it was one of those you were double checking uh, things where who is Jesus making this promise to? Mm -hmm. and, and that's actually a legitimate point of debate for a lot of people that, that when Jesus, you know, says things to a rich man, does he mean that for everybody? Or, or specifically when Jesus says something to his disciples, the, the 11 or 12 people who followed him for three years, you know, standing in his footsteps, you know, eating the same dust he ate as they walked the, the dirty roads. Uh, and, and Jesus is so clearly telling his 12 closest friends that his Holy Spirit's going to be with them and guiding them. Yeah. But, but you, you called it out, and, and it's where I want to end today that promises to you and me yeah. that Jesus isn't only sending his paraclete, his helper, his advisor, his counselor. He didn't only send it to 12 men 2000 years ago. Uh, he sends it to Kelly, to me, uh, to each and every one of you. And as we're walking this journey together with our, our Lenten journey as a church, uh, whatever journey you're going through in your own lives right now, if you're uh, in a series of, of high points and celebrations, that's wonderful. Um, or maybe even if you're in a series of a time of struggling uh, and stress, the Holy Spirit is with you, protecting you, guiding you, helping you each and every step of the way, because that is part of the promise of Jesus Christ for every single one of us who follow him. So, Kelly, thank you so much for, for letting your story be a testimony uh, for our, our congregation uh, tonight. Uh, let you go ahead and, and get back to yep. your family. Uh, and I invite the rest of you to rise, uh, stand up with me again uh, as we uh, continue uh, to spend some time uh, in prayer. This is a liturgical prayer. It's a, it's a chance for us to echo uh, the words. And so I'll, I'll speak a, a short petition. Uh, but when I say, let us pray to the Lord, then, then you are invited to respond uh, as an entire congregation. Lord, have mercy. Uh, so let us turn now to our Father and let us pray together. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer